Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. You guys excited that you're in church today? How many of you can use encouragement and refreshment in the Lord Jesus Christ? All right. Uh, we've been in a series uh, talking about values. Say values. We've been talking about values over the last uh, a few weeks, and the title of our series today is, uh, or of our series has been, What We're About, all right? Say it with me, what we're about, all right? If you're new here and you've been coming for some time, you're learning what we're about. As a church, we want to clearly define what we're about, what we believe, why we do the things we do. What is a church? We, we want to clearly define that so that you know where you're going. And I said last week, by the way, where are you going in your life? Where are you going? All right. Ultimately, a Christian's destination is the, king, is the kingdom of God, is heaven. And, do, and there's a theology, there's a little bit of the, theology that says this. The kingdom of God is here. Say it's here. It's here because God is moving. Because lives are coming in, being forgiven, getting reconciled with their creator. So the kingdom is here. People are being healed. But it's not full. Say not full. The fullness of the kingdom of God is in heaven. That's why we pray your will be done on earth as it is in in heaven. So God's perfect will is done where? In heaven. It's not always done here. Guess who's called to make a difference here on behalf of heaven? You, 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 you. Amen? All right. So so there's an expression. So we want to define where we're going. And we're going uh, where where the presence of Jesus is, the kingdom of God. And I want to inspire. I believe my calling in my life is to inspire Christians to explore their faith, to move forward in their faith, and to move forward in their gifting, to serve Jesus with all their soul, with all their passion. Amen. So the title of our message uh, today is What We're About series. And we're going to be talking about, uh, uh, oh, I pulled up the wrong file. Uh, Generosity is our privilege. All right. And community is our paradigm. Generosity is our privilege, and community is our paradigm. Let's pray for the message today. Father, in the name of Jesus, oh, Lord, you're our good shepherd. Father, I pray that this would be a refreshment for people who need it today. In fact, all, we all need it. We live in a crazy world today, Lord. And Father, we find fullness in you. The Bible says, in your presence is the fullness of of joy. So Heavenly Father, we pray to find our joy today in you. We know that maybe for many of us, life isn't perfect. Life can be difficult. The circumstances may not be in our favor always. But Lord, we got a friend in you. We're born again in you. And we're from a new place, Lord. We're grateful that we have each other. And I pray that this service, God, would glorify and honor you. It's not about Pastor Michael. It's not about just worship. It's not about anyone. But it's about you. We lift up the name of Jesus. And we pray today, God, that people will have an encounter with you through relationship. We don't need religion. We need relationship with you, God. So we pray for an encounter with you through our message, through our time and our service with you this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. Give the Lord a clap if you are enjoying service already. So grateful to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. So we've been in this amazing series, and we were talking about, we talked about our mission our vision, and our values. And we're going to be talking uh, uh, about the rest of our values today and in a few weeks. We have seven values. Uh, last week, we talked about people are a passion. We talked about how, how, how we're called to make a difference in people's life. 
We talked about how, uh, how we should love people. And, and let me tell you, this world, the way it loves, is convoluted, it's perverted, it's off, all right? But the Bible holds a standard for us about how we should love people because, watch this, God is a great uh, person, a, a, has a great capacity to love. So we talked about pa- uh, people are a passion, and we talked about excellence is our priority. You got to watch that. Honestly, it's one of my favorite sermons I ever preached, um, and I live these things out. And every sermon I preach, I want you to know, like a good chef, I'm, a, I'm tasting my message. It's for me, not just for you. Amen? Somebody say amen, all right? So we're going to be talking about generosity today, and we're going to be talking about community today, all right? Uh, and I, I really want you to know my heart when it comes to g- about generosity. I'm not, I'm not here to, to twist your arm. That's not pastor, all right? That's not our, our how we value generosity, all right? So generosity is our privilege. So we're, we talked about value number one yet, last week and two. Today we're talking about three and four, and we have seven ultimately, and we've been breaking it down, all right? Say break it down. All right, good. Thank you, Mom. I appreciate that. Generosity is our privilege. Say, generosity is our privilege. All right. At the calling, we value generosity. Watch this. Generosity is not what we do. Generosity is who we are. Let me say that again. Generosity is not what we do. Generosity is who we are. As Christians, we believe that we're encouraged to model this quality in our lives, families, our businesses. By the way, side note, if you own a business, if you aspire to be in a business, I promise you that if you're a business that uh, gives charitably and gives, I promise you God will bless your business in Jesus' name. Amen. And ultimately, our faith. Much of the world lives tight-fisted, right? tight-fisted, and lives life as though there's only so much resource to go around. There's only so much slices of the pie. We believe in a God that says he will provide for my every need. We believe in a God that says I will take care of the birds. How much more will I take care of you? Amen. He says uh, 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 he'll provide our every need in our every way. Not just monetarily, but watch this. God provides spiritually, emotionally, and physically because we have a father who owns a cattle on a thousand hills, who owns all the silver and all the gold. We are able to be generous on every occasion. Watch this. Giving freely, freely to others who have need. The Bible promises us this, all right, that if we give, it will be given back to us. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? The measure we use to give, it would be measured back to us. I preached about this before. There's a natural law of, this is a big word now, all right, reciprocity. Say reciprocity. Now I messed it up. Reciprocity. Reciprocity. God somehow, and I hate to use the word universe because I know a lot of new age says universe and it don't make any sense. But God has put like a natural order in the universe of this law of reciprocity. In other words, time and time again, this is an important principle. The Bible promises us if you give, it will be given unto you, right? If you judge, guess what? Judgment come back to you. If you show mercy, guess what? Blessed are the merciful for they shall be shown mercy, all right? Uh, uh, there's this, this law of reciprocity. If you're generous, a gener- generous man or woman will prosper. He, will ref- he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. There's this na- so here's this thing about Christians sometimes. God, I want you to do this. Well, God is like, how, how, about, how are you doing? 
How are you doing on that area, right? God, I want you to give me mercy. God, I want you to, but, 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 God, but Michael, are you giving that, right? So this is natural law of reciprocity. It says this in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, give and it will be given unto you. And by the way, this is in, con- in context, I'm a pastor that has a degree in biblical studies. Amen. Let's go, Jesus. I love me, the Bible. Amen. But sometimes pastors, this is truth. That they'll take a scripture and pull it out of its context to make it mean something it never meant. Because sometimes the truth of the fact is pastors will pull a verse out to make you give more with the wrong motive. And that's unholy and that's unrighteous. But the pastor here is going to teach you the Bible. Come on, someone, all right? It says this in Luke chapter 6, 38. Give and it will be given unto you. And the Bible contextually is talking about judgment. And the Bible is saying don't judge others, Right? And I said last week, sometimes Christians are the most judgmental people, but we're called to be the most compassionate people. Amen? So if you give judgment, guess what you're getting back? Judgment, all right? Give, and and by the way, um, the Bible says this, it is a scary thing to be in the hands of the Lord. He is the ultimate judge. Amen? Give, and it will be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down and shaken together, together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. Isn't that interesting? But here's the thing about God. Watch this. Talking about generosity, God is the ultimate giver. Isn't he? God is such a great, I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, but how, how many of you, I, I, I've experienced God's ultimate gifts in my life. Is there anyone here can witness and testify to the goodness of God's giving in your life? Come on, someone, give the Lord a clap for how much God has given to you, all right? Watch this. God gives you things that money can never buy, ever. You know, one of the greatest gifts in my life is how I rem- I'm reminded about this every day I go- before I go to bed. I hold my wife, I hold my daughter, Hope. And my son on the way, we, I, I pour, put my hands around them, my arms around them, and we pray together before we go to bed. And I think, we thank God for our blessings in our life. And when I have my arms around my family, man, I'm, I'm worth more than $2 billion. Man, I have more, 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 I have more blessing in my arms than money could ever afford me. Let me tell you, there are true riches in Jesus Christ that this world can never provide you in the name of Jesus. Come on, someone. All right? So, so a lot of times the world lives as, I, I need to go after wealth because it's going to provide me happiness and joy. That's wrong. Earn. That's wrong. Watch this. I have a lot to say on this, talking about generosity. Give, and it will be given unto you. By the way, you know how generous people live? Generous people are not the most wealthiest people. Generous people, all right, don't give out of their excess. Watch this. Generous people give, and I'm not just talking about money, but they give their time, they give their, their talents, and they give their treasure. Watch this. Not out of excess. They give because they do one very important thing. They're generous because of this. They realize that they are blessed in their life. Is any, I can hear an ant walking right now. Anyone here right now? They realize that they are blessed. I'm here to tell someone here in my church online or in person today, you are unhappy. You are tight-fisted. You want more. You're not happy with where you're at in life. But watch this. You know the, the word for blessed in the Greek? It means, watch this, makarios, it means happy. 
happy. Generous people are happy because they're content with where they're at and they're content with what they have. It doesn't mean that they're not driven to do more and to grow in their career, but it means that there's a happiness and a joy and a gratitude about them. It's an attitude of gratitude. Come on, someone. A lot of people in their life, they're not happy. Man, I don't even like my dog, all right? Man, I don't like my marriage. She don't treat me right. I don't like my neighbors. But watch this. God, see, generosity will change the world, and it is, and it has, but it has a lot to do with the giver. God wants us to be happy. You know, Jesus Christ never even owned a pillow. He never even had a bed to sleep on. He said, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man don't have anywhere to put his head. Wow, but what? Look at Jesus. Didn't he give so much? So much, ultimately, his life. All right, so watch it. The Bible says, give and it will be given unto you. So I want to inspire someone today, all right, because our value as a church is generosity. Say generosity. We, we, we are a church that is generous with our time, our talent, and our treasure. Here's why. This is why we value this. Because God, his very attribute, quality, and characteristic is that he's a giver. He's a giver. I made a list about some things how, of how God is a giver. God gives us love even when we don't love ourselves and no one else loves us. God loves us and stands up for us. Uh, God gives us light in the midst of our darkness. God gives us a peace in the midst of the storms of life. God gives us friends that are sometimes closer than a brother or a sister. God gives us grace to help us when we don't think we're going to make it. Come on, somebody. Amen. God gives us and creates opportunity for us when no doors were even open. They were tightly shut. God gives us wisdom freely when we need clarity and understanding. God gives us hope in the midst of great fear. God gives us salvation when we deserve judgment. God gives us the ability and the strength to work and earn a living. All right, God gives us the reason that you have that job is because God gave you that job. Let me say that again. The reason that you have that job, the reason you're pursuing that career and doors are opening up for you, let me tell you, God, you might say, it was me, I'm self-made. No, you're not, homie. God had opened up those doors for you in the name of Jesus. Open up your eyes, all right? Not only did he give you the ability and the strength to create wealth and earn wealth, but he gave you the intelligence and the faculties to be proficient in the workplace, didn't he? God gives each of us uh, each other. God gives us each other because we're never created to be alone. Ultimately, watch this point being, God is the ultimate giver. And he keeps on giving, 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 and giving. And who are we to stop that? Come on, you out there, amen? Generos generosity is not about what's in your wallet. God is not a capital one cre uh, credit card commercial. What's in your wallet? God, God, generosity is about what's in your heart. Isn't generosity a heart thing, not a wallet thing? All right? Generosity is a heart thing, not a wallet thing. Um, and watch this. Or, or, let me just share this with you. We don't take, <laughs> we came into this world with nothing, and we're not going to take anything into this world, all right? Uh, it's not the Egyptians. You know what they tried to do? They, they, they start, you know, the, the, the whole uh, pyramids and put all their treasure and like, we're going we're gonna to take this, right? I don't think it's ever worked, all right? Newsflash. But you do get to take some things with you differently. You know what you get to take with you in heaven? No one will remember for what they got in their life. People will be remembered for what they gave in their life. Jesus Christ is always remembered for all the things he gave. Will you be remembered for what you've given to your family, to your friends? This is what love is. You cannot give without love. Love is giving. Acts chapter 20, verse 35 says this in the CEV. Remember, say remember. 
Remember, Paul says, that our Lord Jesus said it's more blessed to give or more blessings come from giving than from receiving. I said this earlier that the Greek word for blessing is makarios, which means happy. You know, there's a lot of unhappiness in the world. Your homework assignment today, after you watch the Grammys, no, I'm just kidding, all right? Your homework assignment today, it's my wife, see, she's ready, she's excited. Maverick City's gonna be on the Grammys. Let's go, Christians representing, let's go, all right? Uh, 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 one of your assignments today, before you close your eyes and you sleep, is to take an inventory of how God has been good to you in your life. Take an inventory of what he's given you. Not just, uh, not just your career or how much you earn every week or every month, but, but take an inventory of maybe, maybe how God has moved in your life, how he's showing up. That's how we become generous when we realize what God has done for us in our lives. Here's the best way I can describe it as an illustration. How many of you like, you know, like parties? How many of you like parties at all, right? I'm not talking about club parties. That's BC days, all right? I'm talking about just like going and, and, and having a, 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 a good time with some family or some friends, a birthday. How many like parties, yeah? When you go to a party, most of the time, there's a host, right? And the host usually provides food. I'm going to a party later today. They're going to provide tacos. Let's go. Thank you, Jesus, all right? Let's go, all right? The host is going to provide tacos. And normally, uh, uh, when you go to a party, um, usually there's more than enough around, right? When you go to a party, you're not like, hey, that's my taco, bro. You know, don't take my taco, man. There's only so many tortillas. Don't take that one, right? You're not worried about that. Why? Because the host has provided everything. And the, the, the idea is that you're focused on the host and you're focused on the party. And watch this, you're focused on each other. So that there is none of that, right? This is how it's supposed to be in the kingdom of God. You know, we live in a world where it's, that's mine, that's mine, don't take. I can't give because there's only, I can't be generous with my time, my talent, my, my treasure, because only so much resource to go around. But watch this. When you trust God, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6.33, when you put the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, the Bible promises that all these things will be added to your life. What you wear, your bills, put God first and all of these things will be provided so that we don't live like that. Because there's more than enough to go around. Come on, someone say amen. You out there. All right. 2 Corinthians, watch this, chapter 8, verse 9 says this. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at this thing. That though he was rich, say rich. Though he was rich. You know, God is, he is really, truly rich. He's the kingdom. He's the, he's, the, he's the king of the kingdom. He's the creator of the cosmos, of the universe, of every star, of every galaxy. All right? God doesn't need for nothing. So watch this. Though that he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty we can be rich and rich in our giving. Come on, someone, someone out there. Amen? The greatest blessings in your life. You know, I, I, I had an opportunity to go tra travel the world a little bit. I've gone to Lebanon. I've gone to, I've gone to Mexico, the homeland, the motherland. You know what I'm saying? I've gone to, I've gone to uh, 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 Haiti. I think Haiti was probably the poorest place I'd ever been in my life. And I went there for a few weeks, and uh, it was after the earthquake in 2010, devastating earthquake. I mean, horrible earthquake. And I believe God was teaching me something so valuable I remember going to church. They were dressed in suits and ties. I can't do that because I got my vans. And you know, <laughs> But they did that even though the humidity was like 110%, all right? And I remember the offering plate going around, and I remember they were giving. And I thought, wow, these people don't have much to give. But they gave something. 
All right, they taught me a valuable lesson that there's, you know, watch this. There's an attitude about generosity. And for the people of God, scarcity is not our mindset. We don't live in a kingdom that's scarce. You know, God owns every company in this valley. God owns every tree in this valley. God owns every animal in this valley. God can make all grace abound to us at any time, at any moment, at any place. As Christians, we have an abundance of uh, a mindset because we, have, we know the host and we know that he has, he, uh, he has provided in so many different ways. Amen? So through his, through his poverty, he made us rich. And, and it's not so much about monetary, but it's so much more than that. And the kingdom of God, there's great value. Somebody say amen. You out there? So my wife and I, we, we, we give. We give our time, we give our treasure, and we give our talent. Why? Because that's who we are, and that's not what we do. This is a characteristic of our God. I want to encourage anyone today, don't live in fear. You, don't live like this. There's only so much to go around, and I have to get mine. What is yours will come to you in the name of Jesus. Who do you trust, that check, or do you trust Jesus? Do you trust your boss, or do you trust Jesus? Do you trust your company, or do you trust Jesus? Come on, do you trust the world economy, or do you trust God's economy? Because when we live like this, we treat each other horribly. I went to Costco. Gotta love Costco. Amen, all right? I went to Costco. A uh, few, few stories. One, sto- or one story is Costco. I remember I went at 8 p.m. on a Saturday. No, Friday or Friday, something like that. My, we love the chicken. You know what I'm saying? We, we make that last, baby. We make tacos. We make chicken salad. We make chicken tacos. We make chicken chilada. We just tear that up till it's to the bone. You know what I'm saying? Get it on a Monday all the way through a Friday. We good. Let's go. Let's go, right? We make great resource of that chicken. But I went like on Thursday or Friday. My wife said, go get the chicken. And I went like at 7 p.m., and all the chickens were gone. I was like, no. But I did see in, the, in my purview that the, the, the machine was going around. So I go, oh, there's some chicken in there, all right? So I waited. I waited, and I'm, you know, I'm ready to get it. And there started to form a line. There started to form a little crowd. And I remember people got their bags open to throw their chickens in. It was like, it was like I got to get mine. You know, there's only so much, and there was only so much. There was only eight. And I remember that there was this, this man who I was just was really annoyed with, all right? I can get annoyed sometimes. I'm a Christian, all right? That's fine, all right? All right I'm a man. I'm, I'm a human, all right? He was here had like a few bags and he was just like you know and there was more women than men and this man would he when the chickens came out he grabbed like three four chickens and this poor lady was like after he got all his there was not a lot to get, go around she she expected me to take mine and I said you know what ma'am you go there's a, there's plenty there's plenty I don't even if this chicken runs out there's some other food up in this Costco that I can get why are we doing this to each other she said thank you so much I remember when the pandemic hit, the first week, I went to five stores. I went to three Trader Joe's. I went to, uh, 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 Fre- uh, not Fresh and Easy. I miss Fresh and Easy. Oh, I miss Fresh and Easy. Gosh, that's was awesome. I don't know why that came out. Uh, I missed, uh, <laughs> I miss. Uh, no, not I miss. I went to, uh, uh, what's the other one that's like Costco's smaller version? Tr- uh, uh, Smart and Final. I went Smart and Final. There we go. I went Smart and Final. Oh, everything was gone. Everything was gone. You remember? Everything was gone. Right? All I wanted was to find some diapers and some uh, uh, baby wipes. I remember I went to Target, like my fifth store, and the guy, he just swiped. He got it, and he looked at me. He's like, bro, I'm sorry. I said, don't be sorry. I had a peace about me because I know in faith that my God is going to care for me. So I don't got to live like that. I don't got to act like that. I don't got to treat people like that. I don't have a scarcity mindset because my father owns everything in the name of Jesus. And I don't have to live as though I have to get mine. He will make it come to me in Jesus' name. 
I'm not a pastor that twists people for forgiving or anything. I heard the other day that a pastor, this was awkward, uh, as I study for my sermons, a pastor actually took the offering. He, he preaches and he gets, gets the bucket and he walks around with the bucket and then he says, I know how much people are giving. I go, whoa, that's kind of awkward, right? I don't need to twist anyone's arm because I trust my Lord and Jesus Christ, my Savior, who is my provider, not you. Come on, someone, you out there. All right. So abundant mindset, not a scarcity mindset. I have something to give. Watch this because I've been given. I've been given. Amen. That's all right. That's on that topic. Generosity. How about number four? Uh, Our value community is our paradigm. Say community is our paradigm. Community. At the Calling Church, we value community because it is vital for our health as, uh, as believers, as Christians. Community is our paradigm. Because it is a pattern given to us in the scriptures to grow in our faith, to love and encourage each other, to build each other up, to pray, to worship, and to chase freedom together while pursuing the hope we have in Jesus Christ. Simply put, watch this, we are better together. Say it with me, we are better together. Say better together. I know we can annoy each other sometimes, and that's okay. That comes with community, but we are better together. And for anything we've learned in the last two years... That isolation is not good. We are made and designed for God and each other. We are creatures that were created for connection. And God uniquely expresses himself through community of believers. And by the way, I don't want a church that looks all the same, acts the same. God created us differently. We look differently. We talk differently. We eat differently. We may vote differently. But each other, we have something in common. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? That's what we need to focus as a community. The world wants to destroy us by separating us. That's the devil, actually. But God wants us to focus on what we have in common, not, uh, not what divides us, but what we have in common. The church is representative of its presence in our local community and the world through a community of believers. The scriptures define the Christian community, watch this, not, say not, not as a place we go. Here, here, watch this, rather as a place we, be, as a place we belong to. You don't go here. You belong here. You don't go here. You belong here. We want our community to be a home for you. All right? Growing up, I had a very difficult time. And the more as I, I, as I mature and I get older, I realize how bad it was. I did not grow up in a nice home. <laughs> I didn't grow. It was very abusive and very abrasive. It was always defending yourself and doing your best to believe that you're not what that person said you are. I didn't have much of a home. I, my parents lost a custody of me and my sisters when we were eight years old because they were a muck, all right? They needed Jesus. And uh, I went to, my single grandmother raised me, which was very hard for a single grandmother to raise three kids. And uh, uh, it was tough living in the home. And uh, I believe that every home should have a place for you and a space for you. I believe that you belong to a home. Maybe right now your home is a mess. Maybe you've never had a home. You know, what's contrasting about me and my wife, Pastor Corrine, is that, you know, I look at her home and how she grew up as if, it, as if it's like a, a snow globe. Like, what is that? I never had that. That's interesting. But because of her love and her grace, she makes my home so sweet. Come on, y'all. God, God wants you to have a home. And a home is a place where you have a space and a place where you belong. 
where you can uh, add to it, where you can bring your traits, your, 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 your value, or not your, we all should have this value right here, the Bible, but you can bring your gifts to that we can make each other better. Come on, someone, you, someone out there. So church is not somewhere you go, it's somewhere you belong to. And I often say this, that the church is not like a mall. I love the Santa Anita Mall. You don't, the mall you just dip in, you dip out, all right? Uh, 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 and if you did that at home, your family would go, what, what's going on? We love you. Why are you dipping, <laughs> dipping out, right? That's teenager phase, right? My daughter's too, so not ready for that, all right? But uh, uh, it's a place you belong. I want to let you know that you belong here. There, there, and watch this. How many of you know there's a community for everything out there? There's a community for everybody out there. Watch this. There's a chess community. <laughs> there's a gym community. There's a mom community. There's a video game community. Let's go. There's, a cult, there's cultural communities. There's Hispanic communities, African-American communities. There's a scientific community. Uh, there's a music community. All right. Uh, there's, sports, there's a sports car community. All right. And there's some weird communities like the zombie apocalypse preppers community. All right, they're prepared for the when the, the zombies come. They don't know Jesus. How can you expect people to act? People literally, I, I kid you not, I promise you this. When the world was so crazy in the last two years, when I looked at the CDC, there was something about zombies. I, I, I promise you, there was something about zombies. If someone starts biting each other, no, I'm, all right, there was a zombie thing on there. But there's some weird communities out there. Or interesting, all right? Uh, there's a doomsday preppers community. There's a spider community. Heck no, all right? Uh, there's a bug eaters community. There's a cave diving community. There is a pasta sewing community. There is a community. What does this mean? That we are creatures that were created for connection, and everyone is looking to belong somewhere. Everyone is looking to build, be home someplace, have a space somewhere. My dad, my dad was a gang member, so he hung around the homies because he, he and the homies got along. They had something in common. Community is people that have something in common. Church is a Christian community. It is the one and only community. Watch this. Where you can't, this community is not, uh, you cannot substitute this community. Watch this. Biblically, you cannot substitute this community. Watch this. You cannot get at gym community, spider community, bug-eating community, video game community. You cannot get what you get here over there. You can't. You can't get forgiveness of sins. You can't get camaraderie and fellowship like the Bible talks about. You, they don't have the King, the Savior Jesus, who lives among them. They don't have the power of the Holy Spirit who performs miracles. They don't have God who answers their prayers among them. But this community is a light unto the world and supposed to change the world. Come on, somebody. This community is special. This community is important. And this community is irreplaceable. So much so that Matthew chapter 16 says this, that the gates of the, key, uh, of, of the kingdom of, of the church, or excuse me, the gates of hell will never prevail over the church of Jesus Christ. Even the forces of darkness cannot overcome the church of Jesus Christ. Come on. This community is important. This community is needed. Look what Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says. Let us hold strong, say hold strong, the confession of our hope. The Bible says confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus Christ is, uh, uh, is Lord. You will be saved. All that call upon the Lord shall be saved. But now once you express that and you confess that, you got to hold to that. And watch this, when you don't have this community, it's hard to hold that, isn't it? Life gets heavy 
circumstances happen. It says, let us hold strong to the confession of our hope, never wavering since the one who promised it is faithful. Let us consider, watch this, let us consider how to inspire each other to greater love and to righteous deeds. You cannot get that from a gym community. You don't want to, uh, how many go, you're just looking at yourself all day, like, oh, you, come on, all right? <laughs> not forgetting to get, watch this, not forgetting, to, I love gym community, by the way, it's awesome, we need that, but come on, all right? Not forgetting to gather as a community. Let me say this again, online, we love you, and I'm so happy you're watching, but online is no substitute for the, being in person. It is no substitute. I would be lying to you if I said, just watch online. That's not biblical. Watch, watch, watch what we're reading in Hebrews chapter 10. Watch this. Not forgetting to gather as a community. Something powerful happens. Watch this. When you're in the room, baby. Something dynamic happens. I remember this when I was seven years old. The, gifts, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit just moving in the atmosphere. And you could have walked into church with, as, with an attitude. And you didn't eat your breakfast. But when you walked into the church that I used to go to, so the Holy Ghost would move and it changed you. Come on, someone. It changed you. All right, I don't know. All right. Not forgetting to gather as a community. Watch this. As some have forgotten. But encouraging each other. Say encouraging. Especially as the day of his return approaches. Jesus is going to come back. He is going to come back. I don't know about you, but in the last two years, hasn't it been discouraging at times? At times you watch the news and you go, oh my gosh, wars, uh, gas prices, politics, oh God, gosh, right? Garbage, can I say that? <laughs> politics, uh, the issues that we're facing today, it has been discouraging. But watch this, that's why we need this community. Because what we do, what I'm doing right now, is we're encouraging each other. All the while, the day of Christ is coming. You see that? We need to be encouraged. Encouraging means building each other up, loving each other, helping us in our frailties, in our weakness. All right? Encouraging one another. Watch this, Jesus did say this. He did say that there will be rumors of wars. He did say that there will be pestilence and disease. He did say that there will be issues. But he says, don't worry about that. I'm telling you in advance because I want to encourage you that I am king of the world. I am the king of the universe. And that will come. But my church should not be discouraged because my presence is among them. Despite whatever happens, all hell can break loose. But the gates of hell will never overcome the church. Come on, someone. Someone give the Lord a clap. We ought to be encouraged. We ought to be encouraged. This world can be discouraging. I remember I played baseball. I love baseball. I'm a baseball community guy. All right? I love me Dodgers. All right? But I can't get there what I can get here. All right? And I remember I played baseball in San Francisco. Weird place. Beautiful and weird. All right? But uh, I remember in class I had uh, my English professor. And she, at the time there was this movie called An Inconvenient Truth. And she opened up the class. Talking about it, I'm like, I'm not here to learn English. I know I'm here to, you know, do my, my, my degree stuff, you know. And she started just sowing seeds of fear in the class. Do you guys know that the world is going to end? And if we don't do this, that we're going to be, she literally said this, we're going to be eating each other because we're not going to have enough resource. Guess what mindset she has, all right? 
And I, something stirred in my spirit, like it, like I ate bad pizza. I was like, I don't, this ain't right, you know. There's something, something off here, right? And uh, I, I, I remember she just so, and and she wasn't talking about the lesson or nothing, all right. And I, I raised my hand, and she looked at me. And she said, uh, she called my name, and I said, "Ma'am, I am. That's that's all, whatever. What you watch, okay? I have to let you know. And there's a classroom like 60 people. I stood up in my faith, and I said, "Ma'am, that's interesting, but I'm a Christian." And I want you to know, I don't know everything there is to know about the Bible at that time. Uh, I don't know a lot. But one thing I do know is that I love my God and God loves me. And ain't nobody going to be eating me in Jesus' name. All right? We ain't going to be like that. You know, the Bible does say, ma'am, the world is not headed in the right direction. And we see that in society. We see that in culture. It's not choosing Jesus. It's choosing darkness. And this is what will happen. But I have a God who loves me and who will never abandon me. And one day he's coming back for me. I remember the class looked at me like, whoa, that guy just did that. Yeah, because I believe what I believe and I know and I stand on the truth. Because God saved my life. He is the light of the world. There is no other hope. This is what we have in this community. Come on. So we are not them. And I told the teacher, uh, I'll pray for you. She laughed. Oh, yeah, you pray for me. Go ahead. I will. We are not that community, all right? We're not, or excuse me, we're not like that because we have a hope in Jesus Christ. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says in the, uh, through 44. It says this in the voice. The community continually committed themselves to learning what the apostles taught them, gathering for fellowship, uh, breaking bread, and praying. Everyone felt a sense of awe because the apostles were doing many signs and wonders among them. In other words, God was moving. There was an, an intense sense of togetherness among all who believed. Because we believe in Jesus, uh, 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 there's an intense sense of togetherness. And God is in, moves in this atmosphere. You cannot get what you get here anywhere else. That's why we value community. Do you know that even before God created the animals and the earth, watch this, there is the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. There was a community, there is a community even in the divine Godhead. God loves community. You might be saying, Pastor Michael, I'm broken. I've been have have a have a past. I may struggle with drugs. I want to tell you, this is the place for this community is open for those who struggle because we all have our unique struggles in our life. It's not for the perfect. I will recommend you to go to another church because this church is in progress as we follow the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not uh, we're not perfect. We're but we're being perfected in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So you belong here. It's no accident that you came. It's no. Accident that you found us maybe online or Google. We are here uh, to do our mission work in Jesus' name, choosing Jesus, uh, uh, chasing freedom, discovering our gifts, and serving Jesus. Amen? Amen? I know it's cloudy out there. I can feel it in here. <laughs> All right? But uh, you belong here. And watch this. You belong before you behave. You belong before you behave. Let me tell you, God will kick me right out. All right? I'll be the first to be gone. But we belong before we behave. I want to have every head bowed and every eye closed right now at this moment. I want to take the time to pray for us. I'm so thankful that you joined us today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this church and for what you're doing today. I thank you for the encouragement that you're, you've given us, Lord. Father, you are so generous, always giving, continually giving. You're the ultimate giver in the fact that you gave us your son. In fact, Lord, you could give us no better gift. 
than Jesus, our Savior, because we have everything we need in him and ultimately our salvation. Father, we pray that we would belong, that we, everyone is searching and yearning for belonging. Father, we pray that this home would, this house would be a home for our community, for the broken, for those who are making progress, for those who aren't perfect, but those who honestly believe you and are trying and aspiring to live a better life in you and through you, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to the Calling Church. Bring a friend. We will love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, the Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.